welcome to another Club Sports 10-Bit Podcast. This week, we see the return of the beautiful game. Here in Alberta, we're going back to phase two of return to play for soccer. In England, the English Premierships kicks off on Wednesday, the Championship on Saturday, and on Sunday, I'm sure most of you will be joining me to watch the best team in the world kick off at 5 a.m. Canadian time, 12 noon English time. Please let me know if you are going to join me on that game and who you'll be cheering for. So the question of this week's podcast is, is it football or is it soccer? When I'm in Canada, I'm coaching soccer, but when I go home to England, I'm following football. And again, it's left lots of arguments and contentions between friends, both sides of the pond. So I want to look back on some of the history and just really define where the term soccer comes from. So the early origins of the sport had an ugly beginning for the beautiful game. The game was often contested between two towns and the, the target, the objective of the game was to get a ball from one town to the opposing town by any means possible. And this included punching, kicking, scratching, any means possible. And the game became so violent in nature that the government actually outlawed the game in 1835. The game then resurrected in public schools and as suggested in early forms of the game, the ball just had to be transferred from one town to the other. So that could have been carrying or striking the ball with a foot. This is where the two codes of the game came in. We had rugby football and association football. And interestingly enough, in rugby, there's now two codes. There's rugby union, which is from the initial public schools, and rugby league, which is traditionally the more northern working class game. In football, association football, there was also two codes, again in the public schools and in the more traditional working class communities of north of England. This is where the first professional clubs were nurtured. But in essence, the game was called association football. So the term soccer was shortened from association. So in the early game, soccer and football were acceptable terms. It seems that in the 20th century, football became the more common term that was associated to the game. So let's again look back on the history. The Football League was formed in 1888, predominantly of the Northern professional teams. And at the same time, the game was being exported across the world, South America, North America, and Europe. Now, when the game landed in North America, it took on the form of rugby, where the game was played with the hands predominantly. And there were two codes formed again there. One of the earliest recognized games took place between McGill University from Canada and Harvard University in America. And both universities brought different codes. So what they actually done was played one game according to the Canadian rules and one to the American rules. From this, gridiron football, American football took a form. And so did the helmets and the extra cushioning and padding. And so why, why does American football need so much padding and cushioning and helmets? And the rationale that I found was that in theory, US football is about stopping players and stopping the game, whereas rugby is about inhibiting. So that is why the American football game now is stop, start, stop, start, lots of padding and crashing and bashing into each other. However, I want to get back to soccer and football, the game that we all know and love. And what are the differences? So as I said, I am a soccer coach in Canada and a football fan back home in England. 
I've now been in Canada for 12 years where I've been coaching and over 25 years of coaching in England. So I want to go through some of the discrepancies. And first, let's look at the terminology used. In Europe, we play on pitches. In North America, it's a field. In Europe, we wear boots. In North America, it's cleats. Europe, we play fixtures opposed to schedules. Teams are assembled in tables rather than standings. There can be a draw, but in North America, it's a tie. In England, teams cannot score goals, and that means it's a nil-nil score. Whereas in Canada, it's zero. And lastly, in Europe, we play to extra time in cup competitions. And in North America, it's predominantly overtime. I meet a lot of colleagues who try and blend the two and get confused. And it frustrates me at times because the game in Canada is played on a field. Yeah, some people feel that they should term it as a pitch. Now, another couple of differences is in England, we'll play one season, probably nine months, and it's often played in the rain. Whereas in Canada, certainly in Alberta, we'll play two seasons, one outdoor, one indoor. And if it's played outdoor, it's normally cancelled because of the rain. Another difference is in England, everyone is an expert. A bit like in Canada, everyone's an expert with hockey, but everyone has an opinion. Whereas in Canada, many of the coaches are parents, often who've played other sports like hockey. So there's some differences. And one of the things that is is frustrating at times is how we try and blend the two cultures. So I often hear coaches talking about, let's get the players out on the pitch. Let's keep the terminology consistent. As I said, soccer in Canada is soccer. Football in Europe is football. Now, another major difference to consider is in Europe, you're normally born with a ball at your feet and you're running around playing with that. And an interesting observation is if often you see uh, certainly someone from the British Isles reading the newspaper in Canada, They'll be reading the papers from the back pages to the front. That's where the sports is. That's where the information on our local team is. Everyone will grow up with a team and it, there's 92 clubs in the English league. So the rivalries are really everywhere. On top of that, there's, there's hundreds upon hundreds of semi-professional teams to follow. Here in Alberta, we have two clubs playing in a newly formed Canadian Premier League. So you've got to look at numbers. The amount of children also playing back home. It seems there's a junior club on every street corner. So here's the next difference, chasing the dream. Back in Europe, there'll be a scout going out to local junior teams, watching the clubs play, and trying to identify the potential players of the future. Whereas in Canada, everyone is chasing the scholarship and a dream ticket to get back home to England. There's academies, there's showcase events, there's lots of funding going into it, but is there enough competition? The depth and the variety of the competition will enable players to excel and develop their own game. So here in Canada, we really need to get more players out playing and enjoying the game at all levels. And I'm hoping that at the end of this pandemic, that's what might happen. Looking at the sport from a global perspective, it has become more elitist with people chasing that big dream. I'm hoping that children will want to get back just playing with their friends, getting out and enjoying competition not necessarily the pressure of chasing the dream. A key trait in any champion is overcoming adversity. So we're going to get setbacks. But another trait that you're also seeing a champion, a Lionel Messi, a David Beckham, is the passion, the sheer joy of playing the game. And this is what we've got to really try and create in Canada. More players playing and loving the game, not looking and thinking, have I done enough in this game to get into the tier one team? Have I done enough to get onto a provincial team? just to go and play and enjoy the game. 
Now, the other consideration to help the game develop here is the professional league we've got. The Canadian Premier League. We've done one year and now it's on hold because of the pandemic. In order to make the professional league work, it needs supporters. The 13th man. And ironically, this is the one element that's going to be missing from professional soccer at the moment. So when the Premier League and the Champions League kicks off, there's going to be the pretend, the recorded crowd. Now, we recognize these are unprecedented times and we will be grateful just to get our team out there playing and watching live streams on the television. But once the game does fully recover, we need to encourage more children and parents in Canada to go and watch the game. To think about it, this is the first rung of the next step for chasing that dream. It provides an opportunity for children to play professional sport here in Canada and who knows, get recognized by the MLS clubs and then teams in Europe. So we need to get that 13th man here in Canada. We need to develop the culture that gets children playing grassroots soccer, going to support their local university team, professional team, just to get back and get a feel for the game, get a real passion for cheering and supporting those players in their endeavors to chase the dream. So I, I know I will upset some people, both sides of the pond, by my contention that in Canada, we play soccer. In England, we play football. It is the same game. It is the beautiful game. We do want to encourage more and more children to come out and play it, more and more adults and parents to continue playing it and watching the game. Let's get the sport back and get out from this lockdown and really, really embrace it and cheer on our team, whoever it may be. Again, please tell me, who is the best team in the world who will be playing on Sunday at 5am? Or why not give a shout for your team? Why are your team the best team in the world? After all, that is the beauty of sport and certainly our passion for football. We follow our teams fervently and we believe that they're the best team in the world. So tell me, why is your team the best team in the world? And let's at last welcome back sport and our particular passion for football, soccer, if that is your sport. Let's get back on the terraces, on the stands and cheer on our teams and embrace those rivalries in a fun manner that supports the endeavor of the players out there. I thank you for listening to the podcast this week. I look forward to joining you again in future weeks and hopefully stay connected. Let's get out and cheer on our team. Welcome back, soccer.